The Productive Woman, Episode 239. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll share with you my conversation with international development professional, pastor's wife, and mom, Jennifer Choi. You'll find more information about Jennifer along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 239. This episode is brought to you by Gusto and by Swap.com. Swap.com is a risk-free way to give online thrifting a try. If you're looking for a convenient way to shop for name brand clothes at great prices for yourself or your kids, check out Swap.com. They have a special offer for listeners of The Productive Woman. You just go to Swap.com slash TPW. And once there, you can sign up to get free shipping on your first purchase. And make sure to enter your email address to take advantage of that offer. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats and some of those hats are totally great, but some like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, are not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll taxes and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Three out of four customers say Gusto makes compliance easier and Gusto integrates with your favorite tools to make your life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats because you have better things to do. Listeners of The Productive Woman get three months free when they run their first payroll with Gusto. So try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash TPW. That's gusto.com slash TPW. I'm delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Jennifer Choi. Jennifer is an international development professional who's worked with the United Nations and with global non-government organizations like Oxfam and World Vision for the past 13 years. She is the co-founder and director of the Mangrove Collective, which is a New Zealand and Singapore-based international humanitarian and community development consulting group focusing on the Asia-Pacific region. She's of South Korean descent and has lived and worked in various nations around the world in pursuit of her calling. She's currently based in Singapore with her husband, who's a pastor, and their three young children. And I've been really looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of your podcast. I'm really excited. Well, I'm just delighted that you're here. Uh, My assistant, Sarah, introduced us. And when she told me about you and the work you're doing and the the life you're living, I thought, oh, I just can't wait to to talk with you and and, uh, hear a little bit more about the way you're making a life that matters. So I'm excited about this conversation. I, I shared a little bit about your background here in the opening, but uh, maybe we could start by you telling us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, where you are, those sorts of things, whatever you think it might be useful for us to know as we have this conversation. Sure. As you said, my name's Jennifer, but I also go by my Korean name, which is Unchim, which I use more in the professional context. And um, as you said, I am wife to just that one husband (laughs) and a mom to three kids. They're quite little. Their ages are eight, six and four at the moment. 
my husband's from a nation in the Pacific Islands called Tonga. And we met while we were both working overseas in a country called East Timor. Um, so we are a cross-cultural family. And I'm raising what people refer to as third culture kids, hmm. meaning that they don't belong to one particular culture or identify with that particular culture, which is a lot of fun, but challenging at times. And um, as you've mentioned, we're a church family, quote unquote, and I'm a pastor's wife and a ministry leader. So we are in the people business, like we like to say. Uh, we do a lot of mentoring, counseling, encouraging people, um, lots of hosting, lots of people coming to stay over, and lots of entertaining as well, unexpected guests that my husband brings in <laughs> um, at all times of the week or month. And in terms of my professional life, I think you've already summed it up really well. So currently, um, since last year, I've been the founder, owner, and director of the Mangrove Collective, which is my consulting company that I run with a few colleagues, ex-colleagues of mine. So you've got a lot of things going on. You can say that again. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, my husband now works as a mechanical engineer, aeronautical engineer, but in his past, he was on the pastoral staff of a church. So I know a little bit about the role that a pastor's wife plays and the expectations and the kinds of things that you do. And you described a few of those things. But adding to that, you've got this consulting business, and of course, the children. So a lot of different things that you're doing with your time and your energy and your attention. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you're kind of managing all that. But before we get into the how you're doing that, I think it's always helpful to have some context for that, for the things you do and the tools you use. So Maybe if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, maybe could you tell us what that might look like? Sure. Um, the typical day for me now is looking quite different to what it was about four months ago, because we just recently made an international move from New Zealand, which is our home base, to where I am based now, Singapore. And it took a lot of time to reconfigure and reestablish some of our routines. And to be honest, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Mm. <laughs> but as of now, my typical day looks like um, me getting up around 6.30 to 7 a.m. sometimes to get the children ready for school. So I'll wake them up, chase them off the bed, get them dressed. And by the time breakfast and everything is settled and the kids are gone, it's about eight o'clock in the morning. And then my, my youngest is still in kindergarten and his kindergarten finishes at 11. So between 8 to 11 a.m., I have about three hours of time that I usually use on work. So that's my real productive time, <laughs> that um, or the first productive time block, so to speak, that I have during a given day. So I'll work for three hours and around 11, I'll pick up my son from kindergarten. Takes about an hour to bring him home, settle him in, cook lunch, feed him. And then from then until about three o'clock in the afternoon, I have another two and a half to three hours that I can use um, to work and to focus on work. So I'll usually do that. And then around 3.30, I pick up my two older girls from their primary school. And from that point onwards, we commute back home. We do a host of after-school work, like their homework, um, some playing, uh, dinner preparation, relaxation. And then once the kids are off to bed around 8 o'clock, they don't always go to bed at 8 o'clock, but I try to um, push them into their rooms by 8. So once they're in bed, uh, that's when I'll do my catching up with my husband. Um, sometimes I'll be on social media for a little bit, um, do emails and, and also do a bit of organizing for the next day. Um, so that's usually how my day ends around 10, but because of the nature of my work, sometimes I do have to put in a bit of extra work, say between 10 o'clock and night until 2 a.m. Sometimes, mm. sometimes I will pull all nighters if there are major deadlines. So I do that, but as an exception, yeah. Um, so yeah, to sum up, I think I have about two, 
main time blocks of um, productive work during each day. Um, that's combining to about six hours. And yeah, it's a new thing for me because back in New Zealand, my son used to be in school the whole day from 9 till 3.30 p.m. Mm. So I had about six and a half hours of uninterrupted work time, which was pure bliss when I look back. <laughs> uh, but now I've had to chop up my days into different segments. Um, and on top of the daily routines, my weekends are really packed because we are a minister's family. So a lot of work happens on Saturdays, Sundays. And as of now, Monday is our actual rest day for the family, except for the kids who have to go to school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what my typical day and week looks like. So lots of different things that you're that you're doing. And, and um, before we sort of get into the the nitty gritty of how you're managing that, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing, the Mangrove Collective. I looked at the website, and I thought it was just fascinating. And so can you tell us a little bit about what the Mangrove Collective is, what kind of work you're doing, who you're working with? The Mangrove Collective um, is a consulting group that a few of my ex-colleagues and I have started just last year. So all of us or the majority of us have been full-time employees in one not-for-profit organization or some type of organization that is in the international development or international aid sector. So a lot of us are working moms and we had been working full-time for a while and we came to the conclusion that while we love our work because it's about helping um, people and helping communities in countries where there are serious lacks in resourcing and just levels of support compared to some countries like America or Singapore or New Zealand, we, we love our purpose and we love the kind of work that we do. But we also found that it was very difficult to feel fulfilled in our family lives um, having full-time jobs and the um, work in the international aid sector is quite intense and it takes up a lot of energy um, and passion and commitment so reconciling that with having young children for example was always quite difficult for myself um, so we decided about an year ago to start our own consulting business that basically works in the same sector, but we are now um, getting assignments and getting contracts for shorter term work from the types of organizations that we used to work for. So we currently have about nine consultants who are part of this collective and we do a lot of job sharing. A lot of us are working moms at different phases of life. I've got three kids in primary kindergarten age. Some of my colleagues have just had a newborn and mm. another one has two teenage children. So I'm really loving doing life together and working together with um, fellow working moms. It, it brings a new um, sort of dynamic and perspective into the work that we do um, as a group. Yeah, I could see how that would be. One of the things uh, we were talking before we started recording that I, f I found so interesting as I was looking at the website, and I'll share a link for your website in uh, the show notes for this episode uh, so listeners can check it out, because it's interesting the work that you all are doing. You talk about you know, like grant writing or proposal writing and different sorts of things that you're doing for the organizations that engage you. But one of the things I found so fascinating was on the, your team page, it's all women. And um, I, I think that's really cool that you're bringing that perspective of working moms to that sector of uh, community development and international humanitarian kinds of things. Yes, um, it wasn't purely intentional, but it just happened that a lot of my best friends at work were women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, and um, and we also had similar desires to maintain 
some semblance of a work-life balance. Um, so I think our interests and our desires converged at that particular moment in time a year ago. Yes. And some people say it's reverse gender discrimination because we don't have any men in the group, but it's not intentional. We, we do welcome men. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure you work with lots of men, in, you know, in, within your client organizations and, and the various other things that you're doing. It just happens. Yes, that, we do. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that. I, I, like I said, I think it's fascinating what you're doing and the, the sector that you all have chosen to put your efforts into professionally. Um, really good work for communities and organizations that need the sort of things that you guys are doing. But as you've kind of alluded to in our conversation so far, there are challenges that go with running a business and raising a family and being a wife and all those different things that you're doing. Every person's life is a little different, presents kind of different challenges as far as staying productive, getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life, being productive in the way you want to? To be making a life that matters as you define it. Where, where, where do you find those challenges? I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every challenge topic, I would be pretty rich. But um, just to think of a few, I think, first of all, it's just the sheer amount of roles and responsibilities I need to juggle. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I do have a career that I'm very invested in, not just because of financial compensation or anything of that sort, but because it really is a passion in my life. And on top of that, I am a leader in a church. So I've spent a number of years trying to figure out, is there one aspect of my life that I could stop doing or one role that I could drop? And after struggling for a couple of years, my conclusion was that I actually want to and and need to keep doing all four. So it really came down to then, if that is the case, how can I best manage all four different roles? Um, still figuring that out, as I've said. So that's one challenge. And then uh, I guess the second challenge would be that I don't have conventional work hours. Mm. Like I said, I don't work from nine to five. I work from home. So the positive side is that this allows me to have a degree of flexibility and it's perfect for needing my family um, time and fulfilling my responsibilities as a parent. But it has required a lot more discipline and focus just to make those separate time blocks really work towards producing a good quality outcome. And um, thirdly, I think the nature of my work, as I've briefly described, is quite challenging because uh, our client base is international. We do work overseas, uh, mainly for developing countries to progress on some social or community objective overseas. So that means there are time zone differences. So just for example, I think about a week ago, I had a three-way conference call between someone in Kenya, myself here in Singapore, and another colleague in New Zealand. So you're always having to kind of juggle your work time based on what time you can speak to your clients on the other side of the globe sometimes. Mm. And as much as I try to make that work in line with my day schedule. Sometimes you just need to go that extra mile to be responsive and to make yourself available for your clients. Um, so the timing factor is one thing, but I also think burnout is really common in our line of work. Mm. Um, the aid sector, you have people who are very passionate about things like justice, reducing poverty and improving other people's lives. So the work is very passion driven and it's very values and principles driven. And it also requires you to be really responsive to any huge emergencies or crises that might happen around the world. And let's say if a tsunami hits a nation and you're involved in a line of work that um, makes you respond to that disaster, then you, you are embracing the pressure and, and the urgency that comes along with that kind of crisis. So it takes a lot out of you. And I think the other aspect is that you also see a lot of horrible things that happen mm. 
to people in, in different nations. And you have so many questions about why do we have such enduring injustice and inequality? And there are such huge problems to fix. So I think one day you really feel like you're saving the world. And then the next day you will feel like nothing you do actually matters. Nothing mm -hmm. you do actually makes a difference. And sometimes you feel like everything is useless and it's not worth doing. So, yeah, the nature of this line of work is is quite demanding. And, and I would describe it as high pressure work. Um, yeah. So I think those are some of the things that really challenge me in terms of remaining productive and focused. Yeah, I can imagine. And so, you know, as I'm listening to you describe the work you're doing and that sort of up and down of, you know, the the saving the world one day and useless the next day sort of thing, <laughs> um, it, it, that, that is, I would think, physically and emotionally and psychologically demanding. And at the same time, as you've already described, you you and your husband are leaders in a church, and that has some of those same kind of, uh, at least in my experience, some of those same kinds of challenges, emotional, because you're invested in what you do is important in the lives of, of the people in the church. How do you cope with those you know, those challenges, both professionally um, with the Mangrove Collective and the work you're doing there and in the church, those demands on you emotionally and, and psychologically, how do you, um, how do you sustain yourself to cope with those sorts of things and, and kind of keep showing up and, and doing your best work? That's a question that I'm still searching for answers mm -hmm. for. What I have learned until this point in my life is that you do need to learn how to draw the line mm. between what you can do and what is your responsibility and what is the responsibility of the other people or other communities that you're trying to help. I've come to accept the fact that I can't always create positive change in other people's lives. First mm. of all, I can do my part. I can pour in my time and attention and love and care. And once I do my part, then the ball is in the other's court. Mm -hmm. And it is actually their responsibility to decide what they want to do with the resources they've received. And that's true in ministry work when you're dealing with a person or a group of people. And it's also true in the context of the work that I do professionally. So making a clear distinction between what is my responsibility and what is the actual outcome of that and who's responsible for that has been really key. And I've recently read this quote um, that a friend put up on Facebook, and it says, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. It says, do justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but Neither are you free to abandon it. And I've actually printed that out um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it up on, on my wall because I feel like it just perfectly summarizes the wisdom that I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, implement in my own life. Yeah, that's what a great quote. Uh, and there's so much we could unpack from that. Uh, I, I'm kind of speechless just thinking about how that plays out in everybody's day-to-day -day life. Obviously, you've got a couple different areas of your life that are very passion-driven, uh, but that quote kind of applies to all of us in lots of, lots of areas of life. On a practical level, you've talked a little bit about kind of how you block out time for doing different things. But as far as managing the commitments that you've made and the tasks that you've taken on, are there any particular tools you like or resources you recommend for managing those sorts of things, the the, the professional stuff and the, the home stuff and all of that? How do you keep track of it all, I guess, is what I'm asking. Um, the tools that I've been using, I, I have to say there is no shortage of tools in our time and age. So I've had to trial some and decide what worked best for me. But mm -hmm. um, I'll kind of 
separate my response into the tools I use to manage my work and then those I use more frequently for my family or home life. So for work, um, G Suite, which is a service provided by Google, which is a comprehensive platform uh, for running projects or even running a business, it's really key to um, the Mangrove Collective currently because it includes email um, it includes G Drive, which is where you can share documents and information. It's a cloud-based system. And Google Calendar, of course, which is key to scheduling meetings and commitments. Um, so it's it's a very comprehensive system that works really well for my business. To save time and headache in terms of the operational aspects of running my business, um, before I owned and ran my own business, I didn't realize how much goes into actually running your own business because I had never thought of myself as being entrepreneurial or actually wanting to run my own business at some point in my life. But as I got into things like taxation and accounting mm. and invoicing and also making payments, I realized, wow, I really need a solution to help me with all of these things because I can get easily overwhelmed. So in New Zealand, a lot of small businesses use an application called Zero, mm -hmm. which is a cloud-based accounting system that also allows an accounting firm to access your information to help you with your regular accounting needs. So mm -hmm. that's what we use for the Mangrove Collective. And because our work is projects-based and clients often bill us according to the number of hours or days that we work, we use time tracking applications. So currently, I'm using one called Clockify. I'm using it because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are a few others out there like Hours.com or Toggle that people use commonly. But Clockify is great because not only can you log your own work hours, but you can collectively log hours that multiple people working on the same project um, contribute towards. So I'm I'm using that. Um, usually we job share, as I mentioned. So if two or three people are working in a, on a project, then this app allows us to uh, keep track of how much time we're collectively spending on a client contract. Mm. Um, and then given the international uh, nature of our business to help schedule meetings across different time zones, previously I used to just go search on Google, what is the time zone? What is the current time in Malaysia? And what is the current time in London? I used to do that manually, but there's an app called Time Buddy, hmm. which allows you to schedule meetings across multiple time zones. And it's free up to three time zones. And if you want to add more, you have to pay the extra premium price. But um, so far, I've managed with three time zones. The other one that I use, um, because we do our business in multiple currencies, uh, some of our clients pay us in U.S. dollars, others pay us in Australian dollars or New Zealand dollars. So we frequently have to use currency conversion tools. So there's XE.com, which is the online platform for currency conversions and calculating exchange rates. And they have an application called XA currency converter, which I use to invoice clients. And I also use it when we have to pre prepare project budgets to be implemented in countries A, B, and C. So that's the number of tools I use for work. Um, I have to confess for my family and home life, I haven't been as organized. I don't know mm -hmm. what it is, but I think I have this mental blockage because one part of my life is so highly organized and it depends so much on project management. I've been a bit lax with managing my family and home life, mm -hmm. feeling like, isn't that the one area of my life where I could try to go with the flow? And the answer is no. I, I, <laughs> I've come to the realization um, that I really, really need to be project management minded with my family life as well, especially with three kids. So just very recently, my family started using a family calendar app called Hub. Um, it's not just for families, but it's an app that um, helps a group of people to share one calendar. Mm -hmm. And it syncs with more popular calendars like Google Calendar or um, calendars on your iPhone or whatnot. So my husband and I use it to 
display each other's schedules and commitments. And I also log in any appointments my kids have, parent-teacher meetings, rugby practice, what else? Um, everything goes into the calendar now. And um, every evening before I go to bed, I'll quickly scan through what's scheduled for the next day. And it's really important because obviously we've got three kids to juggle. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I need to pull in my husband for help, for picking them up or just minding them for a few hours while I go for client meetings. So it's been really good so far. And one of the real blessings about living in Asia and Singapore is that there are so many supermarkets that deliver to you Mm. and you can just shop online and get them to deliver to you maybe by the next day. Um, There are other apps that allow same day deliveries as well, which I haven't tried, but you know that going to the supermarket and, and shopping and especially if you're dragging your kids there and whatnot, it can just take hours and hours of your time. And by the time you finish shopping, you don't even feel like cooking a meal anymore just because of the strain of of doing that activity. So having groceries delivered to my house has been a real game changer for me. And it doesn't really cost that much extra. I think if you buy $40 worth of groceries, it's for free. So that's that's been a real game changer for me. Yeah, that services like that, I think, uh, for a lot of areas are a kind of recent development, relatively recent. And I think, as you've termed it there, they can be a game changer for a lot of us, because we you think, oh, I can just run into the store and, you know, pick up a few things. But as you said, especially if you've got young children you've got to take with you, that adds a layer of complexity to it. And it is time, you know, time standing in line, time searching through the store to get the things you need. All of that is time that you can use for other things. And when you you have a lot of roles that you fill, as most women do, I think it's a great idea to investigate these kind of services where where we live we're out in the country and so right now I can't get delivery but I can do uh, where I shop online place my order schedule a pickup and all I do is pull up in front of the store and somebody brings it out and puts in my car and and I head home even that is an improvement over having to go into the store with my list and you know schlep around and find everything get it in my cart and go stand in line to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Like for instance, this afternoon, I took my son to rugby practice. He does it for an hour and I was watching what he was doing and clapping and cheering him on. But at the same time, I was making my online grocery list (laughs) (laughs) and I was purchasing them online as I was doing something for my family at the same time. So it really is a time saver and enables me to do two things at once. Yeah. I love the tools that you've talked about. Um, I'm really interested in the the uh, the tool that you talked about for kind of managing different uh, appointments in different time zones and stuff. As you know, and the listeners now will know, we had to do a little juggling f- to schedule this call because you and I are in very different time zones. It's early morning for me and late in the evening for you. And I had to do exactly what you described. I went on, you know, Googled <laughs> what's... What time is it in Singapore when it's, you know, this time in Texas? And I love the idea of an app that sort of helps you figure that out without having to do the brain damage in in Google. There are so many things I'd love to talk with you about, about the work you're doing and the way you're balancing all of this and managing the home and the kids and the ministry and all of that sort of thing. And maybe sometime I'll have you come back and we can talk about more of that, because I don't want this to be like a three-hour episode. So, so let me go to the question that I ask every guest. You've got systems in place. You're developing new systems, as you described, because you've you've moved to a new country. Your routines are a little different, and you're all try- you're trying to figure that out. But you've found tools that work for you. You've you've found a perspective that is working for you in terms of of finding where what's your role in each of these areas and what other people should be doing. But even with all of that. Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? I have those days more often than I wish. I really, really do. 
And I would crash more frequently, especially when the children were younger. I think it's become a lot better now, but um, the crashing does happen. And I think one way of getting back on track, which took me a long time to learn, is that sometimes crashing is inevitable Mm. and it's not because you're doing everything wrong or because you're not managing well. And I think in my life and in everyone's life, we have what are the things that are controllable. And as you would know also, and many listeners would know, there are so many uncontrollables in our lives Mm -hmm. and you could have the perfect plan and the perfect way to manage your um, effectiveness. And yet one thing can happen like a kid um, falling down and breaking a leg to, yeah, or you could have um, external things that just come at you at any given point in time. So I think it just took me a long time to realize that, you know, sometimes you crash and that happens and it's actually okay to crash. So feeling okay about crashing is one thing. I also take time to analyze why it didn't go well or my day didn't go well. And I try to do it in a more positive way without ruminating over everything that happened or mulling over it or or like coming at it from a really perfectionist point of view, trying to nitpick. But I I try to figure out what actually went wrong. Was it that I didn't communicate it properly with my husband and then that resulted in him coming 30 minutes later to pick up the kids and that kind of set off a chain reaction for the rest of the day? Or was it because I lacked discipline and I overslept by 45 minutes? (laughs) Um, Whatever it is, I think actually really identifying the reason why and being intentional about addressing it the next time on has been really helpful. And um, being a woman, I cry. (laughs) I think it's good to cry. Sometimes all these emotions and frustrations are bottled up. And if you take just 10 minutes crying in your car or crying in a place where your kids can't find you and ask you, mommy, what's wrong? (laughs) I think um, if you can just kind of, yeah, pump that emotion out of yourself, it's actually very settling. Um, sleep has been a big one. Mm. Uh, when I'm exhausted, when I'm when I'm really deprived of energy, I think I actually asked my husband, I need to nap for three to four hours. So can you please watch the kids and sort dinner out yourself? Sleep mm. has done magic for me. Mm. And self-care is something that I'm still learning how to do well. I think a lot of moms and wives go through a phase where it's all about caring for other people and you don't really feel like you have the luxury of doing something nice for yourself, especially when the kids are younger and they demand a lot of your hands-on support. Um, But I've come to realize the truth, the hard truth that Um, If you don't take care of yourself, no one else will actually do it for you. Mm. It it sounds a bit harsh and I don't mean to sound unloving, but sometimes like I found myself really expecting my husband to take care of me. And in many ways he does. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but um, the expectation is always on someone else to look out for me and take care of me. And it used to be my mom before she passed away. But I've realized that actually I need to be responsible for taking care of myself and it can be anything from actually buying myself a pair of decent shoes, not the $10 ones Mm. that you throw out in the bin after wearing it for a month, um, to actually taking time to exercise. I've started going to the gym more often recently to even taking what I call introvert time. Mm. So my work requires a lot of extrovertedness <laughs> but I am an introvert by nature so I really crave some time that I can stay alone and think alone and do stuff on my own without having to constantly think about other people and things that are happening externally so yeah taking some introvert time uh, when I can and learning how to just treat myself once in a while that that's been really helpful for me Well, and I think those are such important realizations. 
the the recognition that it's not somebody else's responsibility to take care of you, to take care of me. I can't look to other people to make sure that I'm rested enough or fed well or any of the or any of the things that I need for my own self-care. I'm responsible for that. I can't expect other people to do that. But the other thing is, I don't need anybody else's permission to do those things. Uh, and I think we have a hard time recognizing that. I think a lot of times women feel like, well, it it would be selfish for me to buy myself a decent pair of shoes or to take a nap or to, you know, take time out of the day to go to the gym when the house needs to be cleaned or the kids need something or uh, there's there are things to do at work. And really recognizing that the importance of the role that most of us as, you know, as women play in our jobs, in the lives of the people around us, it's important to take care of ourselves. And it's pretty hard to make a life that matters if you are exhausted and not physically well or any of those things because you're not taking care of yourself. And so to me, that's a real key part of productivity in the sense of making a meaningfully productive life. And it's hard to do. Our, our, I think a lot of us just come up with these ideas in the back of our head that, you know, our first responsibility is to take care of everybody else. And there's simply no time to do those things that feed us physically, emotionally, whatever. Um, but I love the things that you're talking about, the kinds of things that you're, you're finding important to make time for. Absolutely. And when I first had that realization that I need to care for myself and no one else will, I, I took it with a lot of sadness, feeling like no one's going to look after me unless I do it. Oh, no. <laughs> but over time, I think I'm coming to realize that it actually empowers you, the realization mm -hmm. that if, if my being well and my being productive depended so much on whether or not there's another person to do that for me, then I'm forever dependent on that person or my circumstances. But realizing that there might be different degrees of how this happens, but in every season of life, I'm realizing that I can take the initiative to look after myself and not be guilty about doing so like you've said, um, because I, I mean, I've burnt out time and time again, um, eight years of parenting up till this stage <laughs> and three kids and all these things going on in my life. I've burnt out enough to realize that I'm not doing anyone else good, really, if I'm broken and I'm frustrated and I'm not rested and I'm burnt out. So, yeah, I think it really is that thing they tell you on airplanes before you put mm -hmm. on the oxygen mask on your children or other people. Make sure you put one on before you do that. And and there's so much truth in that. And that gets quoted quite a lot by people who talk about self-care. Um, and it, it's been true in my experience as well. Well, yeah. And in your case, taking care of yourself so that you're able to be your best self allows you to make the contributions that you're making in the world through the work that you're doing, through the ministry that you're doing, and through the, the family that you're raising. So I encourage listeners to take a, take a hint from the things that you're talking about there. For each of us, the, uh, taking care of ourselves so that we are physically, emotionally, psychologically, and in all ways as healthy as we can be, helps us to, to make a bigger and better contribution to making the world a better place, whether it's the world at large, which in, in many ways, that's what you're doing through the work that you're doing, or just the world within the four walls of the home we live in and the people that we're, we're sharing it with. I absolutely agree with that. Well, I love this. So this has been so interesting hearing about the things that you're doing and the, the way you're doing it. What is what's on the horizon for you, Jennifer? What's coming up either professionally or personally that you're looking forward to excited about? Because I've made that move to Singapore about four months ago. Um, before that, a lot of my work in clientele was based in um, New Zealand or Australia or the Pacific Island region. But because now I am based in Asia, I'm looking forward to making contact with 
organizations that are based here. So I've got a few interesting opportunities lined up that might even take me back to East Timor where I met my husband. Mm. And I'm reaching out to clients in places like Thailand, Indonesia, and potentially places like Nepal. So it's like a whole new region is opening up to me, which is quite exciting. Um, in terms of my family life, I can't really think of anything spectacular. In my that's, that's all right. There doesn't have to be anything yeah. spectacular. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is um, do the schools in Singapore take summer mm. break or? Oh, oh yes. I mean they do, but I, I finally remembered. This just tells me how I'm not mindful of these things because I'm so pressured at many um, corners, but. I have my 10th wedding anniversary coming up with my husband this mm -hmm. November. So we are going to celebrate 10 years of hard work, <laughs> lots of love, and also lots of fighting. <laughs> and lots of white hairs and wrinkles added on to our physical appearance since getting married. So we haven't decided what to do yet, but we plan to do something special over about four to five nights. Very exciting. Yeah, my husband and I just a couple of weeks ago, as we're recording this, celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. And it's, uh, wow. I, I, uh, I'm smiling as I was listening to you describe the experience of 10 years of marriage, because uh, I, it's, there's, I, we've had a similar experience, lots of love, lots of laughter, lots of great experiences, a fair amount of fighting and struggling, because when you have two, two people, you know, trying to make a life together. It's not, it's not all sunshine and roses, notwithstanding what Hollywood would like to tell us. And uh, so congratulations to you and your husband for, you know, sticking it out and doing that work for 10 years. That's pretty amazing. I always tell him it feels like 20 years and not 10. <laughs> well, so, so Jennifer, where can people connect with you online if they want to hear either ask you a question or find out more about the the work that you're doing? Where's the best place for them to find you? I think the Mangrove Collective website would be good because there is a contact page and it lists my email and mobile phone number as well. Or I can be found on LinkedIn um, through my LinkedIn profile. Okay. I also do Facebook, but I reserve that more for family and friends. And I don't really interact with people I don't know very well <laughs> through Facebook. So, yeah, those two resources would be the best. Okay, and I'll be sure to put both of those links, the Mangrove Collective website and your LinkedIn profile. We'll put those links in the show notes for this episode. So if anybody wants to check out the work you're doing um, or just connect with you individually with questions, they can do that there. Before we go, Jennifer, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for some help in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? What what? you know, last thoughts might you have for her? Based on my experience of struggling so miserably for multiple years, I would highly recommend that you find someone to talk to about your um, struggles with either feeling like you're on top of things or you're actually leave, living a meaningful life, whatever the question may be. I think having someone who is a bit older and wiser than you, mm. um, someone like a mentor or a coach, seeking them out is really important. And for a while, I thought if it's meant to be, that kind of person will just pop up in my life one day. But I realized that you also have to be really intentional about seeking out someone who can speak into your life with a lot more experience and wisdom. So yeah, it's something that's also that you have to act upon and not expect fate to <laughs> bring that person into your life, um, like out of a movie. So yeah, firstly, seek someone who is wiser and older than you and, and regularly um, catch up with them and be accountable to them in terms of how you're juggling your life. And then secondly, I would say that... It's okay to crash once again. <laughs> mm -hmm. I really feel like that was so liberating for me to realize that it's okay to crash, but the important thing is to bounce up back again and to do that well. 
So you can have your crash, you can have your cry, you can have your moments of self-pity and despair. But how do you train yourself to bounce up quicker, bounce up faster, and bounce up without hurting the people you love in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, so those three things I'm still working through myself. But I've I've come to realize that, yeah, getting back up is the key. Yeah. That's uh, so wise, so profound. I love those suggestions. Thank you for sharing them. And thank you for taking the time to talk with me today for the benefit of the entire Productive Woman community. I appreciate it more than you know, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. It's, it's been a real interesting and, and pleasurable experience. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with Jennifer, and I'm so thankful to her for taking time out of a a late evening for her to share her thoughts on how she's managing her life and for the great suggestions and wise and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Jennifer or me? Any comments on the things that we talked about? I would love to hear from you. You can share your questions or thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which again, you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 239. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page or in the community Facebook group. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Before we go, just a quick word about our sponsor, swap.com. You know, it's crazy how much we pay sometimes for new brand name clothes. And especially when we're buying for our kids, it doesn't always make a lot of sense to pay the prices for new clothes that they'll outgrow in a few months time. Well, swap.com offers an alternative, an online site that lets us pick up gently used name brand clothes at amazing bargain prices without having to drive from store to store and sift through racks looking for good deals. On swap.com's website and in their mobile app, they have easy to use filters to help you find exactly what you're looking for in seconds. And they have a rating system that tells you about the condition of the clothes and actual photos of the items so you can see what you're buying. And if something doesn't fit, they offer hassle-free returns within 30 days. Swap.com has something for the whole family, including women's, men's, juniors, kids, baby, and maternity clothes. And they allow you to save up to 90% off retail prices on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Swap.com has a special offer for listeners of The Productive Woman. Just go to swap.com slash TPW. And once you get there, you can sign up to get free shipping on your first purchase. Make sure you enter your email address to get that free offer. That's swap.com slash TPW. And they offer a convenient and low risk way to give online thrifting a try. Swap.com slash TPW. And don't forget, if you're running a small business and could use help with tasks like payroll, taxes, and HR, check out Gusto. Gusto offers simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. And TPW listeners can get three months free when they run their first payroll. Try out that demo at gusto.com slash TPW. That's gusto, G-U-S-T-O, gusto.com slash TPW. And thank you so much to gusto and swap.com for supporting the productive woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Jennifer. I hope you enjoyed hearing from her as much as I did. I hope you found something in this episode that is helpful or encouraging or inspiring to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.